Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we're talking about the Hawks' 110-88 win over the Milwaukee Bucks. The Hawks tie the series at 2, behind a big game from Lou Williams and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Even without their superstar, the Hawks are able to defend home court and send the series back to Milwaukee tied to 2-2. Without further ado, let's get into it. About an hour before tip-off, Hawks fans found out that Trey Young would not be playing in this huge Game 4, the Bucks having the opportunity to take a commanding 3-1 lead in this Easter Conference Final Series, but Lou Williams would step in and he would be more than enough to take Trey's place as the Hawks would get out to another nice first quarter lead, at least in the first half, uh, first half of the first quarter. Again, the Bucks would find a way to fight back in the second half of the first quarter, but Two big three-pointers by Danilo Gallinari to finish the quarter would allow the Hawks to take a 25-22 point lead into the second. In the second quarter, the Hawks had their best defensive quarter of the entire series. They held the Milwaukee Bucks to just 16 points. The Hawks would score 16 points themselves, seven of them from their rookie Oneka Kongwu, who continues to get better each game he plays in this playoffs. And the Hawks would take a 51-38 to point lead into halftime. Now, this was a game that was very much at the Hawks' pace so far in this, but you could feel that maybe Milwaukee was going to try to make a big run in the third quarter and really make a run at the Hawks to see if this team without Trey Young was really going to get a win in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Milwaukee Bucks came out, and Giannis Antetokounmpo was a man on a mission. After just scoring six points in the first half, he scored eight in the first half of the third quarter. And then, unfortunately, as he was trying to defend a alley-oop to Clint Capella, uh, Capella was able to finish the dunk, but both of the big men collided, and Giannis hurt his knee. He had a hyperextension of his knee. It was pretty awful to watch. Of course, as sports is now, they showed the slow motion about 70, 17 times. But Giannis was unable to continue to play in this game. He went back to the locker room. He would come back and be on the bench for the fourth quarter, but he would not play in this game anymore. And the Hawks, instead of relaxing, came back and they pushed the lead all the way up to 20 and then eventually would win this game 110-88, to never allowing the Bucks to get back into the game. In fact, the only quarter that the Bucks outscored the Hawks was in that fourth quarter, um, 26 to 23. But I thought this was just an excellent game by the Hawks. Again, without their star player, no Trey Young. Lou Williams came in, and I have been a tough critic of Lou Williams. I think there are times when Lou is on and times when they're off. But Lou came in and he handled his business. Lou was seven of nine from the field, uh, two of three from three point land for 21 points. He had five rebounds, eight assists, one steal, and just one turnover. He was fantastic, and that was exactly what the Hawks needed from that position. They didn't need him just to be a scorer. Of course, scoring 21 points on nine shots is an extremely strong, efficient night from uh, Lou Williams, but those eight assists I think are just as important. And a few of those assists went to Bogdan Bogdanovich. Bogdan, who's had a tough series, he's had really a tough playoff since about game four of the Sixer series. He came out and put out his best performance. Uh, Bogdan played 33 minutes. He was 7 of 19 from the field, 6 of 14 from the three-point line for 20 points. He had three rebounds. He had five assists, four steals. I think uh, Bogdan is starting to get a reputation as being a defensive, uh, a very strong defensive player and and having a 
very good knack of getting steals. So much so, I think he might want to start going by the Serbian swiper. But four steals, just four fouls. He was a um, he was second on the team with plus twenty five in the plus minus uh, category, and it was just really nice to see Bogdan really get going. Of course, in Atlanta, uh, they were wearing the MLK jerseys in the MLK court, but after his first one, he kind of said hello, kind of like welcome Bogdan to this Eastern Conference Finals, but it was good to see Bogey get going. Kevin Herter stepped up, 7 of 15 from the field, just 1 of 7 on his three-pointers. He had 15 points. He was two. He had six rebounds, two of them were offensive. He had seven assists, so between Lou, Bogdan, and Kevin Herter, they had 20 assists between those three guys, which was huge. You know, the Hawks had not been able to get assists, even with Trey out there, and they finished this game with 26 assists. That's something that I hope continues whether uh, Trey is able to get back in Game 5 or not. I hope the Hawks continue to try to move the ball around the court. It was interesting, after the game, Nate McMillan talked about how he wanted the second unit without Trey during the regular season has to play a little bit of a different style of ba- basketball, and that move, that ball movement is part of it. And I thought that Lou... Bogdan and Kevin Herter did an excellent job of really getting the ball moving. Kevin Herter said after the game that they talked about that this wasn't a game that they needed to have anyone try to have any hero ball, but they all just needed to play effective basketball and just kind of stick to the game plan. And the Hawks really did that. I thought they controlled the game again. This was a game that was very much paced at the Hawks' pace. Um, The Hawks shot 85 shots. There were 43 of 85, shot over 50%. They were hitting their three ball, 13 of 38 for 34%. Um, But this was a game that was very much at the Hawks' pace, and I give them a lot of kudos. They were the team that was down 1-2 to in this series. They were trying to tie this up, and they were down their superstar, and they were able to impose their will defensively um, and even offensively. I think part of that was they were not taking early shots in the shot clock. They were kind of getting a good shot whether that was Aneka Kangwu, Clint Capella, or Bogdan Bogdanovich, Lou Williams, Kevin Herter. But they were really working the shot clock and getting a good shot, and they didn't allow the Bucks to get into transition a ton. They didn't allow the Bucks to you know, get any runouts or as many runs as they had in the past. And I give a ton of credit to Lou Williams, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Kevin Herter for really controlling the pace of this game. Clint Capella was solid. He was 6 of 7 from the field. Three of four on his free throws, which is huge for 15 points. He had an amazing shot in the fourth quarter where it was at the very end of the shot clock with about seven minutes to go. And he was surrounded by a bunch of Bucks defenders and he was able to hit the shot from behind the backboard. And once that shot went in, you knew this was the Hawks night. They were going to be able to close this one out and go back to Milwaukee tied to 2-2. But Clint Capella continues to really battle against Giannis. It was terrible seeing um, Giannis and Clint Capella. They both went down on that challenge during the alley-oop. But Clint Capella continues to just be solid. It's amazing to see a big man. You know, he went after Embiid during that second round series, and now he's having to go against Giannis. And those are not matchups he's normally going to win. But he continues to play out there. He continues to give his best effort. And it was really good to see Clint Capella. In a game where the Hawks win by 22, you might expect John Collins to go off. J.C. was just 2 of 8 from the field, didn't make any of his 3-pointers, had 7 rebounds, an assist, just 3 fouls, but he was a team-high plus 26 and plus minus. And J.C., you know, it's good to see him contribute even when he's not being the focal point on offense. 
Um, he just is in there doing the dirty work, getting rebounds. One of the big things for the Hawks was they out-rebounded the Milwaukee Bucks 52-48. to um, The Hawks have to really focus on the rebounding because they do a nice initial job on defense. But if the Bucks are able to get those second chance points, it really can be deflating and allow the Bucks to, you know, get back into this game and, and um, hang around when really they shouldn't have when the Hawks have been playing better than they have. And JC is the perfect player to get in there. He doesn't get any respect from the refs. I don't know what's going on with that. But on the offensive side of the ball, it feels like Tucker in particular is just hacking him and JC can't get any calls. But again, for JC just to score um, four points, but still be plus 20 think plus 26, I think is a huge kudos. I think that really um, sometimes a plus minus doesn't really have reflect what happens in the game. And I thought, thought in this instance, JC played that effectively and it was just, he wasn't scoring. He was getting on the glass. He was finding his teammates. He was setting screens. He was doing everything else. Cam Reddish came in. He played 23 minutes, five of nine from the field, two of three on his three pointers for 12 points. He had five rebounds, two assists, two steals, just two turnovers and a block. I mean, what else could you ask for from Cam Reddish? He came in and he was able to play in game two and that kind of garbage time and didn't play at all in game three. And he came in and he was ready. I thought he did a really nice job on Chris Middleton. Middleton did not have the night he had in game three where he was able to really bring the Bucks back and have a monster fourth quarter. And Reddish was able to have a couple of nice open shots. He had a really nice open corner three-pointer. But then he was able to make some shots in in traffic. In the first quarter, he had a nice shot where he drove into the middle of the paint and was able to make a tough runner. And then he was able to hit a really tough three-pointer. Just He looked at Pat Connington, pretty much decided that he was too small to guard him, and just drained a three over him. Um, he threw up some three goggles, which is a ton of fun to see. And uh, Reddish gives the Hawks another long wing defender that they definitely need against this Bucks team. Chris Middleton can go off at any point, as we saw in Game 3. And I thought that having Reddish as an option... Um, was wonderful. He had a nice poke away that went to right to Bogdan Bogdanovich. Bogdan tossed it ahead and Reddish threw down a dunk. Um, but it's great to see Cam Reddish be effective, especially after being out for four months. Danilo Gallinari did not have a big game. After having kind of really big games through the first three games of this series, he was just three of eight, two of six on his three-pointers. He did make two free throws for 10 points. He had two rebounds, uh, two turnovers, and two fouls. He was able to go in and um, really exploit any mismatch, but it's good to see the Hawks get a big win where they didn't get a huge game from Danilo Gallinari. And the Hawks bench, even with Danilo only scoring 10 points, outscored the Bucks bench 35-24. to And again, in a night where Lou Williams gets elevated to the starting lineup, you might expect the Hawks bench to lose some punch or not not be able to put as many points. And the Bucks bench had been outscoring the Hawks bench. So to see the Hawks come out, Get good games from Cam Reddish, Danilo. Aneka Kangu had a massive second quarter, I think just continues to play better. Um, but they were able, again, to outscore the Bucks bench 35-24, to and I think that's a big advantage for this Hawks team and allows this uh, Hawks team not to be really put into any sort of box by the Bucks. The Bucks can't focus on any one guy. Instead, it's a whole team effort from this Hawks team. Um, finally, Kongwu only played 15 minutes, but he was 3 of 3 from the field, including an and 1 for 7 points. He had 3 rebounds, 2 fouls, and 1 block. He just continues to bring a lot of energy. 
Um, he was able to go against Giannis kind of one-on-one. It's, it's really impressive to see a rookie player go against a two-time MVP and be, no one's going to stop the Greek freak. Giannis is going to get his buckets. He had his, he was really going after it to start the third quarter, but Aneka Kangu does a good job of putting up a fight. He's certainly a competent backup behind Clint Capella. And it's just been a ton of fun watching Aneka continue to get more experience and more confidence as these playoffs continue. Um, also off the bench, the Hawks played uh, Chris Dunn. Dunn was 0 of 2 from the field, 0 of 1 from three-point land. He had one rebound, two assists, one steal, and a block. He also had a drive kind of in the open court in transition where he just dribbled off his foot. Um, it's good to see that Nate McMillan's tinkering with the rotation, especially without a Trey Young in there. I don't know how much Chris Dunn is going to run. Is gonna, he's going to get. It even felt like in the second half we didn't see as much um, Chris Dunn. But um, the Hawks have a deep bench. You know, even we didn't even talk about Tony Snell or Solomon Hill. But the Hawks have a deep bench, and it really proved to be the difference in this game. As again, the Hawks outscored the Bucks on the bench, thirty-five to twenty-four. For the Bucks, of course, it starts with Giannis. He only got to play 24 minutes before that brutal injury. Um, he was 7 of 10 from the field, 0 of 1 on his three-pointers, which he airballed, and then 0 of 3 at the free-throw line. Uh, he was not good at the free-throw line. The Atlanta fans did a wonderful job. They had that countdown chant going 1, 2, 3 as soon as Giannis gets the ball, and he was clearly rushing a little bit, and he missed all three of his free-throws. He also had eight rebounds and three assists. I think it's important to say that the Hawks were up 10 when Giannis left the game. So the Hawks were still winning as, as much as Giannis had really put on a show to try to get back into this game at the start of the third. But it's brutal seeing a big man go down, especially um, MVP candidate and really the Bucks' best player. Um, it's going to be something to watch going forward if Giannis is able to play in game five. Of course, the Hawks have their own issues trying to see if uh, Trey Young is going to be able to go in game five. But it's brutal to see these injuries go down. And again, it was a freak accident. Both players were going up for the ball. Clint Capella was able to throw down the alley-oop. And as they landed, kind of Clint Capella's leg went into Giannis's leg. And it was brutal. It looked like Clint Capella tried to hold um, Giannis up as they fell. And after the game, kind of all the players were sending out tweets, at least saying, you know, prayers to Giannis Antetokounmpo. And none of them want to see Giannis go out. Um, he's just such a competitor. He's a two-time MVP. It's brutal to lose a player like that to injury. But he was fantastic, especially early in the third quarter in this game. Uh, Drew Holiday scored again. He was uh, 6 of 17 from the field for 19 points. He had five rebounds, nine assists. He did have four turnovers. Chris Middleton was also 6 of 17. He had 16 points, eight rebounds, five assists. Two steals. He also had four turnovers. P.J. Tucker got going early. He hit two corner three-pointers in that first quarter, and that was kind of it for his scoring. Um, and then Brooke Lopez continues to kind of have low-scoring games. He was three of six from the field, one of three from his three-pointers for seven points. He had five rebounds, a steal, and a block. Off the bench, the Bobby Porters, again, he hit an early three-pointer, but that was kind of it for Bobby. Um Coach Bud has certainly found that he likes to play uh, Bryn Forbes a little bit more. He had six points off the bench, and then Pat Connington just could not get anything going. He was one of three from the field, and and one was his only points for three. He had two rebounds, an assist, and one block. 
Um, but just a really great game from the Hawks. One where they led pretty much the entire way. The Bucks were able to tie this game twice, but at each time the Hawks were able to go on a big run and uh, kind of put this game away. Again, Giannis did everything he could in that third quarter to try to get the Bucks back into this, but I thought the Hawks had the right urgency. I was really, again, impressed by Lou Williams, Kevin Herter, and Bogdan Bogdanovich, who were able to kind of keep this game at arm's length. Lou, in particular, can sometimes get happy uh, shooting his shots, and I thought he was taking very good shots. He was getting his teammates in positions to succeed. Uh, when Giannis went out, Lou Williams attacked the paint immediately. The Hawks kind of went right at it, the heart of that Bucks defense when Giannis went out, and Clint Capella got a couple of his alley-oops right then. The Hawks went on a huge 15-0 run right after Giannis went out, and that was kind of the run of the game. Um, this was a big win for the Hawks. Again, if if the Hawks go down 1-3 to three in this series, it's tough to win three games in a row against this Bucks team that is so loaded. And now this series goes back to Milwaukee tied to 2-2. The Hawks have already won in Milwaukee one time. There will be no fear there. And now there's a little bit of momentum. Do they need Trey Young to get back? Will he be available for Game 5? What is Giannis' status going into Game 5? But if the Hawks are able to go up and get a win in Milwaukee, you know, this Game 5 is important for both teams. Being up 3-2 gives you two chances to close out the series. And as we saw against the Sixers, the Hawks needed both of those chances to get the win there. And it would be it'd be fun for the Hawks to get the win in Milwaukee, come back home, and get a win in Atlanta. But getting a win in Milwaukee gives you two chances to try to close out the series and make your way to the NBA Finals. The Hawks have won two games in this Easter Conference Finals. They are two games away from being in the NBA Finals. I can't believe I'm saying that. It's been so much fun to watch this team, you know. It's been a lot of Trey, a lot of John Collins, but now we're getting to see guys like Lou Williams, who came in the middle of the year. Aneka Kong will get to show himself as he continues to get better. Um, Bogdan McDonough kind of work himself out of that injury that has been kind of bothered him during this playoffs. But this has just been a fun team, and you should enjoy this team as far as they go. They have two more games to get to the NBA Finals, and then we can see what they do after that. But um, big win from the Hawks. Big um, 110-88 win over the Milwaukee Bucks. They will play the Bucks in Game Five on Thursday night, and the Kettlecast will be here to recap that game. Go Hawks! Thank you for catching this episode of the Kettlecast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks!